0: The falling leaves drift by the window, the autumn leaves of red and gold
1: i see your it's election time and we've had festivals a, a local legend a growing city of anderson and the christmas tree going up downtown all this and more on this edition of the anderson observer podcast news from people you trust it's november and early voting is underway you can go vote right now downtown and the election's set for next tuesday you can find out more about by calling the Anderson County Board of Registration Elections, and they've done an excellent job of getting the word out and getting ready for the elections. And the best way to get ready for yourself is to go to scvotes.gov and find the details. You can also see a sample ballot that will be exactly like the one you see when you go vote early or on Election Day. Uh, The Anderson Observer News from People You Trust has reached out to all the candidates running for nonpartisan seats, especially the school board seats, and have published interviews with the questions of those in the last few days so if you want to check out the candidates running for nonpartisan seats on the school boards you can check out the anderson observer online newspaper news from people you trust meanwhile anderson county is seeing more economic development and getting ready for a new county detention center uh, they're updating road work expanding county-wide broadband and more and i talked about this and a lot of other things including the importance of understanding history in my most recent interview with anderson county administrator rusty burns um, I want to talk about something, start a little different. Let's talk about the important and benefits of educational opportunities in Anderson County. Because we've got both Anderson County uh, with Anderson University and Tri-County Tech posting record numbers of students this year, and Clemson is adding students here every year. How key is having those places for both the economy and for economic development?
2: It's very important for economic development because Clemson is an engineering school. And it's also very, you know, Artificial intelligence computer degrees and everything like that That's very key for the industries that are coming in in here because they have people that they can hire that aren't far away They can also have apprentice programs and internship programs that are real easy to do because you're not traveling hundreds of thousands of miles Now sometimes you do want to go off if you're you know in a university and go to another place and see that but you know that's really handy to have that not only for Clemson but for AU and also with Tri-County Tech and the technical training that they provide. And they're fixing to add some more training here at their Anderson campus. We're really excited about that. And we're really excited about Tri-County Tech moving their automotive facility, automotive training to Anderson County. And they're doing a new master plan for the Anderson campus of Tri-County Tech. So they have great plans for our area and we're looking forward to that and especially having that automotive training center right here, because we're gonna have some uh, relationships with them, like the head of our shop, Mr. Stone, is probably going to teach some of those classes, which I think is wonderful, but we'll also be able to take apprentices and put them in our shop. And so it's gonna be a a great cooperation between our two institutions, which we cooperate with them just about every day anyway.
1: So where on the scale does it come when, when, y'all you are talking to a, a potential industry to come in here when they say what educational facilities do y'all have? Well I mean you can't touch
2: us, you know. You you can't touch us. We have the best uh, two-year technical college in the state. Not us saying that everybody else says that. The records prove that. You have Clemson University, one of the top public universities in the United States and you have Anderson University, one of the top four-year liberal arts schools in the whole southeast. I mean, you know there's not anything lacking, but then When you drop down to the vocational and technical training that you could get at school district one and two, and at the AIT for districts three, four, and five, I mean, we've got it completely covered just about in every way you can go. So you can get trained to learn how to do something that pays very well in Anderson County, and you don't have to travel very far to do it. And in a lot of cases, you don't have to pay anything to do it. So we're blessed with that.
1: What kind of? I know I'm I'm hearing a lot at county council meetings about grants and partnerships. What kind of things does the county do to benefit those places? Now, what I mean to benefit the education system? You know, I hear I hear them passing things, talking about, hey, we're going to do this to help uh, AU. We're going to do this to help. Well, I mean, you take Clemson University. Uh, We just
2: moved the Clemson Extension Service to 1428 Pyramindary Road and they're going to have a brand new uh, office and a brand new location which we think is going to really help power their 4-H program and we're also looking forward to having them in that building with the county employees because we think there's going to be a symbiotic relationship that we can take advantage of their skills and they can take advantage of our skills. So I think it's going to be good for both organizations and allow us both to do more, but we work partner right now. We rent space from Anderson University where we have our emergency management area. Uh, We do something with Tri-County Tech every day. When we recruit an industry, Tri-County Tech is right there with us. Uh, Anderson County pays half of the Tri-County Tech budget. Oconee pays 25, Pickens pays 25. So we're doing something with them just about every day. They're also training emergency uh, medical personnel. All of these things we do together and we work and collaborate out at 1428. Uh, Tri County Tech has office space there, and they also have space for a business incubator, and so they're there with us doing economic development. At the same time we're doing it, their asphalt research lab is located out at 1428. So we're all kind of intermingled, and that's what that that's what I think helps us be successful because we don't really have boundaries, like this is what we do, this is what we do, this is what we do. We're all just tangled up in a big old ball trying to help each other with the one goal of making Anderson a better place.
1: And that idea of cooperation and partnerships spills over to how the county works together with the townships to make sure that they have their needs and goals addressed, right? Well, we're doing, uh, our planning department's doing comprehensive plans for
2: our towns those that request it and what does that do it saves those towns a whole lot of money plus it's by trained professionals we have a very professional staff you don't have to go somewhere and hire a consultant to do that we're doing that for you because you are in Anderson County and even if you're in a town you're still in Anderson County we also provide consulting uh help we help them with grant writing we help them just anything they ask us to do we had some stray property left in Pelzer Pelzer wanted it we were able to help them. We, take, we get a lot of requests from the smaller municipalities about they need vehicles. So we uh, when we have surplus vehicles and we have a request from a town, we give those vehicles to the town. There's no charge in it. We fix them up, get them running very well, and we give those to the towns. I think we recently just gave two to Honeyapath, and I know we've given several to Belton, and it could be anything from old uh, squad cars to pickup trucks, to animal control trucks. So we try to spread what we have to everybody around here. We work with on annexations with the town of Pendleton. Uh, we're doing a wastewater treatment plant with Pendleton and Clemson. Uh, we are working very closely with Piedmont, which is not a town, but it's Piedmont Public Service Commission on recreation and expanding recreation on that area with the 28 acres that we purchased up there uh we work with belton on the river access for belton it, there's a, we're doing something with the towns every day because they're anderson county
1: and again when when you're trying to um recruit a business industry to come in here um where is how much do they look at the cooperative effort throughout the county when they see how much how well the county gets along with each other well, that's very important. You don't want to go to a
2: county that's uh, riddled with that political strife and different factions trying to kill each other. Or the town says, I hate the county. The county says, I hate the town. And we've talked about this before. Whenever we get a prospect, we bring everybody in this room, usually in this room. Now, since we have a larger conference room, we do it out at 1428. But all of us are sitting there together talking to this industry as one united team. And that really impresses people because they're not having to go chase this person this person it's just one big group effort and and county council sets that tone they stress that and cooperation is what we're here to do
1: in our township so it's a busy time of year we're seeing all these festivals and events and things going on um that i guess that plays a role back to the quality of life thing we're talking about they see that throughout the county something's going on all the time
2: all the time and a lot of
1: those festivals
2: receive some financial support from the county council Uh, There's a big festival going on in Homeland Park this weekend, and I believe it starts around 10.30 in the morning and goes until around 5. And uh, Councilman Davis and Councilman Dunn have provided financial backing to help make that a success. So that's going to be a big festival on Saturday and hope everybody comes out because there's going to be a lot of things to see and a lot of things to do.
1: And that seems to that we always circle back around to recreation, and Williamson just opened a new pickleball facility and basketball courts. There have been improvements at the Civic Center, Hurricane Park, also added pickleball. Wellington keeps growing and getting used more and more. Belton has improved their recreation. Other towns are looking at expanding recreation departments. And I know you just touched on them. Every county council district is working on a recreation plan. Yes. And that, of course, we didn't even mention Green Pond and Saluda River and Dolly Cooper and Kid Venture. But to, where are those recreation plans in the works?
2: Uh, some of them have been completed, like for District One, that's been completed. They're working on one for District One, Councilman John Wright's district. And what we're trying to do, what council's trying to do, is what do you want? It, they don't want it to be a top-down. Well, we think you need this. There's 18,000 ways to get your thoughts, opinions, and ideas out during these discussions, and they're open to the public. And there'll be plenty of times for people to say, this is what we need. So we're gonna take all of those studies done and we're gonna put them together and try to prioritize what we need to do to improve recreation because people want and are demanding more recreation opportunities every day. That is very important. Quality of life is what matters. It matters to when people wanna locate here. People say, well, they just come here because of cheap taxes and, and low wages. Well, taxes are pretty cheap relative to the rest of the country, but our pay scales are rapidly improving. So they're not coming here to hire slave labor. They're bringing quality people in, and our people who live here deserve activities that they can do. And you can go out to the Civic Center any day of the week, and you will see it a slam-packed with something going on inside that building or outside that building, and it's only gonna continue. We are rapidly running out of places to serve people. Bless Williamston for building those pickleball courts over there because there are not enough pickleball courts to go around in Anderson County. And now we're getting requests from other residents in other areas, we need a pickleball court too. We need a pickleball court too, so that's that's what the hot item is right now.
1: And I guess this may be the flip side of that coin in terms of hot items, but I know one of the things District 1 is really talking about is the trail that's almost completed. And trails seems to be coming up in all these trails, trails, trails. Where where are we on looking at a master countywide trail? Well,
2: there really is to a degree a master countywide plan right now and work is taking place right now. There was a big trails meeting right here yesterday and uh, Councilman Wright was, was spearheading that effort. But there are a lot of people in the community are interested in trails, and the East-West Parkway Trail is about to be completed. But what we're looking at, and people are looking at what we're looking at, and this is, a lot of this is civilian, citizen-driven, of connecting Anderson University to the East-West Parkway. You know, there's a lot of public land between here and there. That might be a possibility. We've discussed last time about the trail from here to Belton that would tie into the Bubblegum Trail. Now, you could hook all that up and you could go and leave Belton, go up here, hit AU, then go all the way up the East West Parkway and cut over, and then if we get it to Pendleton, and we want to run it to Path, and we want to include Iva, and people absolutely love those trails. Last week, there was an article about these people who paid an astronomical amount of money because the Swamp Rabbit Trail was coming there in two or three years. And the housing values and those land values automatically went up dramatically because there was gonna be near the Swamp Rabbit Trail. Same thing will happen Here's happened all over the country.
1: Yeah, and the, the trail from Anderson to Belton has a, a really an already built-in place to start and go. I mean, it's, it's there. Duke the land ha- is
2: already there and ready to- Duke has the right-of-way. They still own the right-of-way. It was where the Piedmont Northern Railroad went or the poor and as we talked last time. So that that may be the easiest thing and uh advanced SC, Duke Energy's uh philanthropic uh arm gave two hundred fifty thousand dollars to the United Way to pursue that effort. So, you know, it's money. They own the land and they're giving us two hundred fifty thousand dollars to figure out how to do it, that's a pretty good deal.
1: I know you're interested in history and people remembering what's going on in the county. And, and part of that is remembering those who've devoted or sacrificed their lives. And there are better memorials all over the county. Uh, and a new one is planned at the Civic Center, plus the firefighter and law enforcement on the square downtown. The museum is about to launch a new major military exhibit. And I will tell you
2: today that Beverly, who runs the museum and, and probably could go run the state museum today and, and improve it dramatically, and I mean that sincerely, completed her fundraising quest for veterans at war for the museum and she has raised thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands of dollars for that exhibit so that's going to be opening pretty quick and that's going to be stupendous but she gets a whole lot of credit for raising that money and i'll put that museum up against any museum anywhere
1: why has so much effort been devoted to these kind of memorials and and like this exhibit coming well it's
2: important to remember the history of Anderson County it's a unique history we have our own 250 committee and every county has them to celebrate the, the revolution 250 years so we have a group work in Beverly's organizing and helping with that so we're doing that and uh, mr. rich otter is writing a history of the uh, old county farm which if you don't know that history which it is fascinating that that came about and I don't want to steal his thunder because he's been talking about it, but there was a provision made by the government to have a poorhouse, and we shared one with Pickens. But then they decided they would split it up, so Pickens got part of the money, and it used to be up there at the railroad bridge in Sandy Springs, little France more appropriately. And so they took that money, Anderson took that money, and bought the county farm property. And this is way, way back in time, but and I can't wait for his uh, his uh, research to be published, and we're going to assist him with that because it's it's fascinating about what's happened there, and he's uncovered so much information; it, it, it's amazing. So,
1: yeah, and that's the, the, where the civic center sits now. If people wonder, and the poor house that they built is still there and still being used, not well, for but, poor people. Yeah, but.
2: but but there were other structures there before. And he's found out where they were. He's, I mean, he has taken this to the very beginning and, 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 and I've had a chance to hear him lecture on it. And we talked yesterday about it, trying to help him plug holes. And we're helping him plug holes. We didn't know we had holes because he's telling us this is missing. So we're trying to find it. Everything from airmail service to everything else. So it's, it's great. But people enjoy this, and you know who enjoys this sometimes more than you would imagine? People who just moved here. They want to know the history of Anderson County. Why is Anderson County here? When did it start? Uh, tell me about this. What's this? How's this? And, and so there's a huge appetite and a huge market for that, and those memorials are to remember what happened here and those who served here, and, and we're going to continue to do that because we put a major effort in that. That's important to the county government it's important to our council and i know it's important to our citizens
1: and for those who don't know rich otter he's a newcomer he only got here about 1960 Yeah, 1960 and he was a mayor former mayor he was former mayor all right since so last time we met the city's uh tentative plans to annex the property along the corner of the east west parkway and concord road has ended because a long time andersonian purchased that property and said he's not giving it to developers, selling it to developers uh, I know at least one council member has reached out to the legislative delegation to see if there's anything that can be done about city annexing with no serious input from the county. Is, is that needed? Is it even possible?
2: I think you would, put, you would pit the counties and the municipalities against each other in that. And right now, South Carolina still has some of the strictest annexation laws because you can't, a city can't jump out and annex somebody without their permission. So the person who owns the property has to request the annexation. Can you do something about the land use? Maybe. But that's probably more along the lines of a county-city agreement rather than state legislation.
1: But even though they have to have permission, as we're seeing Uh, Many times a landowner just has a a bunch of pasture land and all the people who live around it have no input at all that that live in the county. They they have have no
2: voice they they don't have a vote. They have no voice whatsoever in anything. The zoning that was there, when it goes into the city, it becomes the city zoning. So That's that's the way that goes.
1: And meanwhile, there uh, is such a need for housing, Anderson landed number three in the country on rent price increases between 2021-2022, a 117% increase. Uh, What can the county do to help provide quality housing without changing the character of current neighborhoods? Well, what you have is zoning,
2: which can determine where things go, but all of Anderson County is not zoned. And some places don't want to be zoned. But when that industry or something moves next door to your house, you know, if it was zoned residential, it's residential. And this council is very reluctant to change any major sweeping changes on areas that voted for the zoning that they wanted. And so that's the primary way you can protect what you have. Uh, people have also done, and I know some people, a friend of mine just did the other day, put 160 acres in a conservation bank, never to be developed, up there near Mac Smith's store. He's protecting it on his own. But that's the, about the only thing you can do. And then you have situations where you have these old farms, and they may have been in the family for generations, but now those people have moved off, and they're not coming back. And so they sell the property. They don't have that emotional attachment, or maybe they need the money. You know, no. You don't know, but then they sell that property. It's their property. They sell it. It's annexed. Boom.
1: So there's just, I mean, it's just a challenge. Everybody's, anybody with growth is facing this challenge. It's everybody not across it's the, in the United country, States, yeah.
2: where it's growing, it. in places that aren't growing, they don't have this problem. They're busy blowing up houses that nobody lives in anymore.
1: Uh, we're gonna get to that in a minute. <laughs> Uh, another big move since last time we met is the choosing of an architect for the new anderson county detention center we talked at length about the need for the facility it's overcrowded built in 1956. Uh, what's the timetable looking like for completion of plans and then the completion of the center
2: county council uh received the contract for the architect last night they're going to review it for the next two weeks make any changes, suggestions, whatever, and hopefully they're going to vote on that contract at the very next council meeting. That will kick off the design process. In the meantime, we're clearing a lot of the old buildings out where the current jail is, getting ready to build the new jail. So they'll sign that architectural contract. That will take care of. Councilman Brett Sanders is over that jail committee, so they're examining that and then we're moving buildings out there we're going to give one of the buildings to department of natural resources because they need a classroom we're trying to find a home farm some of the buildings we're going to be able to use out at 1428 and out there we want to move all those cars out there we want to clean up that whole area so we'll have a clean slate to build that new jail
1: and then i think we said two to three years you should be building. i don't
2: think it's going to be I don't want it to be three years, I think, you know.
1: Once you get approved plans, it should go up pretty quick. It should There's go up pretty kind of quick. And the materials be yes. available and all yes. that stuff. Uh, another issue that people are never never tired of talking about is roads. Uh, any update on road work?
2: Here's the update on road work. Uh, we just received a windfall of $8 million that's going to the Anderson County Transportation Committee over and above the amount of money that they usually get. So that's going to help <clears throat> more roads in Anderson get paved. I know Senator Gambrill is meeting with DOT next week to talk about some major projects here in Anderson County. And I think not speaking to him, but I feel he feels the same way that maybe we need to be getting a little bit more than we're getting, that maybe Greenville has enough and maybe Spartanburg and Columbia and Charleston. And, you know, we need our fair share, but you're seeing a lot of that. And I know that he set up that meeting for next week with the head of DOT.
1: Well, and speaking of Mike Gamble, he he still doesn't have Wi-Fi. I saw him today. No, he doesn't have Wi-Fi. So it's going all
2: around him. All around him, and it's commercial Wi-Fi, and he can't connect to it. So he's not getting any favorable treatment. I can tell you that.
1: But y'all, council uh, last night just gave a right of way for some property for them to continue expanding the high-speed broadband. How's that project overall looking? In terms of-
2: they're they're out there. They're laying this cable every day. Upcountry Fibers laying laying cable every day. AT and T is laying cable every day. Charters laying cable every day. Everybody's putting it in as fast and as hard as they can. But this is a huge county geographically. And they look to see, at least two of them look, where they can get a, a return on their investment. If you live two miles down the road and they're going to run one line to you, you're going to pay for it. Our goal in the county is to assist them to make it economically feasible, especially with our relationship with the upcountry fiber. They We have a convenience center in Townville. And they need a place to put equipment to expand the service capability in Townville. So naturally we said, yes, you can use this land that we're not using, because that's gonna help you run uh, fiber faster than you have before. So we're doing every little thing that we can do to help them move along.
1: But that project, uh, until that project kicked off though, Spectrum and AT&T weren't laying a lot of cable in a lot of places. No, but
2: competition's a wonderful American thing. It really works. It really works. And Upcountry Fiber coming into the picture, and they, they, both of those organizations, Blue Ridge Electric and WCTEL, they are co-ops. So they're getting it done. As a matter of fact, their contractor is so busy laying fiber in our area, he's leasing a facility here to move his company here so he can accommodate the work that they're throwing out at him. And really, For the first time, those grants, the much heralded, we're going to get you broadband that everybody ran around saying two years ago, here's the money, we got $80 billion. Well, Like everything else in government, it's just now trickling out. So you're going to see some rapid expansions because it's just now getting here.
1: I swerved off the roads a little bit, but we've already had two freezing nights and they're calling for an extra cold winter. That's not a good news for road work, is it? Never good word. Never good news because that just makes the
2: roads deteriorate. It just makes them go away. And and that's what it does. So hopefully this extra money is going to help us do a little bit more than we have in the past and encourage uh, SCDOT to do more in Anderson County.
1: A minute ago, we were alluding to tearing down houses. Last night, Council gave approval to demolish 11 blighted houses in the county, six of those in District 2. How many of those houses are there total? Do you know how many's on the list?
2: Yeah, we probably have about 150 right now off the top of my head. And uh, we, council allocated $150,000 this year for demolition of houses. Last night, the bid came in around 70. So in addition to those 11, we're gonna be able to go out with another list of houses. Uh, we also get, individual money and sometimes when we threaten to come and demolish your house or somebody's house those people will actually go ahead and do it themselves and so we get more of a bang for the buck but we need all of those places to go and what we do is we take the very worst ones that's what we go after the very worst ones which are eyesores and they should be starting that project today.
1: And that, that really can improve some of those neighborhoods where people have been living there a long time. I,
2: I've, I've said this a thousand times, people would rather us demolish an eyesore or an ugly house than pave a road or anything else we do. It's instant gratification.
1: And council also approved working with, I think the county's already done some work with this Nehemiah Company to real, rehabilitate some of the housing in distressed areas. Well, are there, are there other opportunities around Anderson that could find funding or?
2: Well. We have some more money. We have This money is purely federal money. It's about $540 million off the top of my head. And we're going to partner with Nehemiah to build new homes. As you know, we did a, a massive demolition project that Steve Newton did, and we took down houses everywhere. But we have those lots. And so we're going to partner with Nehemiah Corporation to build new houses. Three of them will be for rent, and two of them will be for ownership. But you get in this program and they help, they counsel you, they work with you, and you can rent to own, and that was approved last night. We're really excited about that. We want to see that program expand, and we'll be moving in that direction. But that money is purely federal money. There's no county match involved. Uh, it's, it's, It's money to do what that is supposed to do, and we have more of that coming.
1: And they've already done some projects here in the county, right?
2: Yes, they have. Yes, you all pleased with what they've done? They've done some in the city and, and they have an excellent reputation. Probably one of the premier organizations that do this.
1: Are there other ages, that, uh, aging neighborhoods like maybe down Orr Street to AU and other places that could find some sort of uh, funding or some way to uh, help improve that housing? Well, we have some
2: of this more money coming and we're looking at those opportunities to do that. So you can create?
1: In there you create
2: an opportunity zone what do you call that opportunity zones primarily for industry
1: that's okay no, i don't that wrong and what's yeah. it called uh, where you can rehabilitate neighborhoods and get funding make it easier to get funding for
2: well you could do a special purpose district or you can create an empowerment zone but okay. the, but these things we're trying to do a lot of infill you put something new and drop it into an existing neighborhood i think you're going to see some improvements plus in some of these areas we're talking about with the improvements that we're gonna do on these old abandoned mills, you're gonna see private money coming in, not in the way private money to rehabilitate the mills, but those whole neighborhoods are gonna improve because they're gonna try to match the quality of that. So we think that's gonna be an excellent thing for Anderson.
1: And the Equinox project will help solve some of the housing problems we're
2: talking about. Absolutely it will, because it's gonna be a mix of apartments and other things. And I think it's gonna be a great project and we're excited to get it going. Council uh, acted on two things last night to further that project along.
1: Any big economic development news on the horizon before the end of the year?
2: We have uh, more more economic development projects coming to Anderson County. Last night they uh, gave approval to a 562,000 square foot building that's gonna be up at exit 32. We've got more projects in the works.
1: And that's for a private company to As develop a landing zone for- pri- Private uh,
2: company. As I've said before, we primed the pump twice and now we don't have to prime the pump anymore. We have people everywhere
1: coming here wanting to do that. Does the somewhat uncertain economy, rising interest rates and a midterm election have any impact on development or is it just a bigger picture arena? I think
2: what you have, like in construction, they're, they've already planned what they're gonna do for the next six months and the next year. They're not here today. They usually have their money locked in and they're fine. But interesting thing about a lot of the companies that are coming here to Anderson, take Hunt Midwest, for example, who owns the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't need to borrow any money. They have their money. And several other companies that we're doing, they are family-owned enterprises and they're using their own money. So they almost thrive in this group because they don't have any interest payments to make. And they're not borrowing money because I've talked to them. They said, well, sometimes it's better to use other people's money. These people don't think that.
1: <laughs> is the fourth quarter usually a, a hot quarter for development? Or is it just... So,
2: some? Sometimes, I, I can tell you this, sometimes the fourth quarter has been filled with activity that you don't see until the following spring. People trying to get things done, close it out before January 1, and get ready to launch for the next year. But we've also had some people that we have recently told with some big numbers and things like that, but no, we really don't think that we're a good fit for you because I don't think that would be a good fit for Anderson County.
1: Yeah, remind people what kind of things y'all are not interested in bringing here. I mean, that's-
2: well, We're not interested in a battery plan. I can tell you that because the first thing they ask you is, how close is that site to a school? Well, that tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> You're worried about that because you don't want all those kids? On, well, that's all right there are plenty of good places for you to go and uh there are places very close by that we said that would be an excellent idea and we hope you do well but you're not we don't need that here in anderson county
1: and just the low wage -wage kind of stuff you're trying to
2: low wage dirty noxious we don't need that we've had that we just cleaned up the Viva tire, tire site, okay? We've done that. We don't need to do that. Anderson County's better than that, and we don't have to do that.
1: Before that, we had to clean up all the textile mess. And
2: they had to clean up all the, the textile their
1: no. uh, The old elephant pen, just to remind people, is the area behind the historic courthouse is looking like it's ready for grass. Uh, Cold-weather grass has been planted yet. They put the irrigation in last week,
2: and they should be sodding, hopefully, by the end of this week or the following week, so they will put it. Now, they're not putting dead grass, but it will be dormant. But we'll be taking care of it, so next spring it'll look very pretty.
1: And Could it at least temporarily get a sign, Elephant Pen Park, maybe, or something?
2: Uh, that's what I would prefer, since we relocated the elephants. Have you had any developers
1: reach out anymore for that? I've had,
2: I've had a couple look, but until something's right, you know it may be a hundred years before that's right or it could be five years have a sneaking suspicion if that turns out the way we want it to be it might be there for a long long time
1: it's a nice green space that's a important. very
2: nice green space which is going to come more important
1: well less than one month from the day where we sit the anderson county christmas tree on the square will have the lights on for the season uh, any new decorations or anything else new this year the elves are working and I know that they have purchased some
2: new items to make it look a little bit different. And uh, today we had a meeting and they will begin the Christmas tree installation Halloween
1: day. So we're really knocking on the door here right at it. So. And this year it looks like, if my math is right, it's gonna to grow to 48 feet. Is that somewhere in that neighborhood? Somewhere in
2: that neighborhood.
1: 47, 48 feet? Somewhere like that. So that puts us uh, another four feet. We still gotta get three to four feet a year to catch up with Rockefeller Center. Yep.
2: But you gotta have a goal. You gotta have something to shoot for.
1: Now the music won't start playing in the tower until after the official downtown. Oh, we might turn it on for Thanksgiving. For Thanksgiving yeah. week, weekend, week, okay. Um, Well, next time we meet, we'll be talking about the year in review, so we'll do it then. Sounds good. And that update with Rusty Burns will be scheduled here uh, over the next probably two and a half weeks from now, and we'll really talk about uh, what's going on heading into the end of the year. Uh, I've been covering the towns and cities around Anderson County for 30-plus, 40 years now, and I have never seen the size of the crowds that are showing up. Uh, over the last few weeks of the festivals. Uh, Long lines of children in costumes tested the patience of their parents, some of them also in costumes, as they waited in line for candy at Williamson's Boo in the Park, which wound all around Mineral Springs Park, And that line stayed long for at least a couple of hours. And I think they were starting to run out of candy, had to go get more candy. Same was true with the lines of Anderson County Paws, which snaked all around that property, up the hill, around the edges of the property. And the dog park also was full as with the carnival-like atmosphere and all the things they had going on out there at Paws. Dr. Kim Sanders said that they had to make unplanned trips there for more candy and uh she wanted to make sure nobody went home without a treat and she was pleased at the turnout for what may be the, the biggest event they've had so far tell
0: me about wow. this event is this how many times you have uh, been doing this i think COVID? this is our fourth year for our halloween trick-or-treating event um and it's not even about adopting animals it's literally just for us to come out and love on our community um this year seems to be unbelievable Um, you know, I've never seen this many people here. We're always surprised, but I, I think we're really going to top our numbers this year. Um, you know, it seems like the whole entire county has come out to do trick or treating and enjoy our fall festival. So we're just absolutely blown away and so thankful that we get to spoil all these kids and just have some fun with everyone. And it's good that people who may not have been here before get to come see Paul's. Absolutely. Yeah. you know, any, any kind of advertising is great. Um, and you know, definitely we want them to come back and adopt a pet. You know, that's definitely our, our goal, but you know, just to see all these faces and all these people that have probably never been to the shelter before is just a really great way for us to, to welcome people in, invite them to our facility, let them see everything that we have to offer here.
1: Remind people when they can come out and and talk to y'all about an animal and what what kind of things they can do to help y'all here. Yep,
0: so our biggest thing is you can always donate. You know, money's always needed. We help over 7,500 animals a year. You can always volunteer. That's always crucial to us as well. You can foster an animal, so you can just come in, pick out a dog or cat or puppy, um, and take it home with you for any amount of time. That gives us a lot of information about the dog. Um, And then obviously you can always come and adopt a pet as well.
1: We'll remind them of the hours so they
0: know when they can... Yep, so we are um, open to the public noon to five every day except for Wednesdays and Sundays. And they can find out more? Absolutely, AndersonCountyPaws.org.
1: And for those of you who have not watched the progress at Paws over the last few years since Kim Sanders took over, it has been amazing. It is a model shelter program for the rest of the country and virtually no kill shelter, and they could always use your support. You can find out more about how you can help them at Anderson County Paw's uh, Facebook page or on their website. Meanwhile, Wes Pellitzer's Pumpkin Palooza saw, also saw record numbers and featured food in a costume contest and Bigfoot himself handing out candy. I won't tell you who that was, but you can probably guess. It wasn't me. Town clerk Paula Payton, who ordered candy for the event, candy for the event and helped plan the whole thing, was busy for the entire festival and she was pleased at the turnout.
3: So I've been doing it for 15 years. It's been going for about 20 years. And I will say this is the first time in 15 years I've seen us run out of candy. We're we're getting to the end. But it's a great event, kids love it. They line up down Main Street, down Hindman Street, steady. They can come through for about an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours. We have inflatables, lots of candy, everything's free. Local churches participate, local businesses. It's just a great event. you know how much candy y'all gave out here tonight? Oh, we gave out, for the town, over 50,000 pieces. I, I buy the candy, so I always, you know, add it up. It was over 50,000 pieces. That's not counting. All the other vendors bring their own candy.
1: West is famous for his fall festival, Yes.
3: Yes. We, one of our biggest events of the year, if not the biggest. Coming next, we got Christmas, right? Christmas parade, December 3rd at 5.30. We're the first in the county to have a night parade. So we hope everyone that come tonight, comes back out, gets more candy.
1: And hundreds also turned out at the Anderson County Museum and in downtown Pendleton for their Halloween events and other events around the county. Uh, it looks like everybody was enjoying the good fall weather and wanting to get out and do something in, in costume with the kids. That included Piedmont's Oktoberfest, which uh, featured a fundraiser for the community's new Christmas lights. So, And a week ago, uh, Holman Park had their first annual, uh, what they hope will be an annual fall festival, turn, a good turnout for that. And Walter Lanier, who's the Homeland Park Water Commissioner who heads up the Homeland Park Community Watch and is known as the Mayor of Homeland Park, was happy with the turnout and hoped to do more things
4: uh, in that community. Um, We're having our first annual Homeland Park Fall Festival. Uh, They've been some in the past, I think 2016 was the last time, and um, just within our Homeland Park Community Watch uh, non-profit organization, it was talked about that we should do one and we kind of started off with a small ideas and it was like you know what let's just let's just go all out see how it works out so next year we can kind of perfect it a little better
1: what kind of stuff will people do out here today this will be running later what kind of stuff will people be doing out here today
4: um, we have a car show uh, that uh, has a fan favorite um, we have inflatables we have different types of um, vendors for food um, we have costume contests every hour on the hour for the children trunk or treat we have raffles uh, that will help support the Community Watch, and we also have a raffle for Zane, uh, which is, uh, if you look on Facebook, it's Zane's Journey. Um, we're raffling off to help support him and his family during their time right now.
1: Tell me about Community Watch and what you guys do out here.
4: Um, well, We started about eight years ago as a private uh, kind of Facebook group, and then two years later we started having meetings, and then we morphed off as more of a Neighborhood Watch Crime Program. And then we just went full-blown nonprofit. We do benevolence in the area. Um, if people in the area feel like there's dilapidated homes that aren't getting attention, you know, we get, uh, you know, we get in touch with the proper officials to make sure things get taken care of. We advocate for just about anything that you know is good for Homeland Park.
1: I was gonna say you are one of the the, the most outspoken voices for Homeland Park, and you are advocating. Tell people why it's such a great, important place in Anderson.
4: Oh. Now, I was born and raised here and a few years ago I had the opportunity to buy a home and a lot of people ask me, why didn't you leave Homeland Park? And I was like, because this is my home. I love Homeland Park. I love the people here. I, I've never, I, I can't imagine anywhere else that has a community like this where, you know, even even with the bad, I have, I have no problems with, with the people that are bad because, you know, they're souls too. And it hurts me to see people all over social media making fun of some of the homeless people and stuff like that because uh, there may be addicts because anybody could be that person and you know if we can help them in any way i love it i love the way that people have came together with these raffles and all and and help to support others and i just never see this kind of support and it would you know being somewhere i've known all my life it would be difficult for me to leave and it's you know Holland parks is such a great community and i guess because of us being an older community it, there's just a stigma that everything bad happens in Homeland park but when I read the crime reports and I see stuff. I'm like, I see the same things happening here in their neighborhoods and you know, it's just something we're trying to turn around because the people here don't deserve the stuff that's said about them. You know, there's a lot of great people here.
1: And you are gonna keep putting on events and keep this kind of stuff going, right? Oh yeah,
4: yeah, definitely.
1: It's not only uh, events for the Halloween fall festival thing, the last quarter 2022 is also bringing a lot of progress across the county and our towns and cities, especially in the city of Anderson. And Mayor Terrence Roberts said the past few months in the city have seen a huge growth uh, in areas such as the advent of the new rooftop restaurant which hopes to be open for the end of the year, expanded trail systems, and more recreation opportunities. And Roberts talked about this and more in his interview with the Anderson Observer News from People You Trust. As we were sitting here talking, uh, some of the things that uh, City of Anderson is doing to uh, encourage businesses and bring new businesses in, you were just talking about the concept of some sort of incubator. Let's talk about that first.
5: Yeah. Yeah, We we got exposed to a couple of um, incubators, shared kitchens. And... We, we looked at that concept and we started asking in our economic development, people started asking people about, could we use a shared kitchen? And what we found is, is that we had several people in our community that ha- had outgrown their, their kitchen. You know, where DHEC says, okay, you, you can't bake but so many cookies in, in your kitchen be- before you have to go somewhere else and bake them, the cottage industry. And so what we found is is that through a little research we found out that we had people going to Gringle and Greer to share kitchens to 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 produce their product. And so that kind of came back to the whole idea of we needed to do something here and we had um 10,000 or so square feet at the uh, original parking garage, the, 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 the Murray Street parking garage where our economic development office is. And so we had a shell of 10,000 square feet and so we said well maybe that's the place where we build a shared kitchen. So that's where that thought process came in and council um, um, really got behind that idea. We were very lucky in the fact that we started um, looking for money to, to, to upfit that. And uh, we're very fortunate to get a ARC grant to um, help in upfitting that. And it was, um, um, and we also got a USDA grant that was a matching grant for that. And so it allowed us to go about getting that first incubator up. And the, I went by there yesterday afternoon, and we, we are still um, just a little bit away from from opening it, I think there's some issues with the supply chain and getting refrigerations and so forth. But I, I do think it's going to be a good thing for um, our small business community.
1: So anybody like you said that, that has anything involves cooking can prepare everything there and then sell it at, at the markets and the other things. Yeah, and,
5: we had our own idea of, of what that looked like. Uh, and we, we knew that um, the original concept is that we would have two kitchen, two cooking kitchens, you know, the whole range tops, the hood, the refrigeration, everything that you would use to, um, for example, if we had a caterer that had a catering event, they could go and rent space for that day um, to to prepare for their meal. but. The one thing I think our guys did was we asked our local restaurant tours, so what do we really need? We think we need two kitchens. And so after talking to people like Bill Nickus at, at Sullivan's and several other restaurant tour folks, um, they said, yeah, we need a kitchen, but we also need a baking kitchen too. Okay? And so um, um, that led to where there'll be uh, uh, one kitchen where you can um, cook all the essentials and there'll be a baking kitchen too. And so because there are a lot of people who, who bake cookies and cupcakes and that need that baking component to it. And so um, you'll be able to, like most shared kitchens, you'll be able to um, rent a space um it has refrigeration you'll um, it has lockers or so you can lock your uh, um, some of I mean personal stuff up and so uh, we'll have somebody that manages that and that works it and it also will have um, a small retail component to it too not a big retail component to it but um, the whole idea is to for communities to be able to help people um, that has that good idea um, to help them on um, how you put a business plan together, how you get financing, and how you set up a corporation. And so our economic development people will do that. And then how you use the kitchen. And so ultimately what we would want to do is to be able to um, take them in, um, let them grow their business, and then you kind of kick them out and say, okay, go find you a retail space. Let's help you do that. And so um, I'm excited about it. I think we're all excited about it.
1: I bet you've got a lot of people that are already chomping at the bits to get in there too, don't you? Oh
5: yeah, I mean, we we had, um, I remember this one particular story that that the economic development people told me um, of a lady, I can't remember her product, but she was going to, out of, you know, she was driving 30, 45 minutes, three times a day, uh, three times a week to do her thing. And for her, this is life-changing. You know, her member remember tell me she cried, you know, to be able to say that I'm going to be able to come drive 15 minutes, do my thing, and not have to drive 45 minutes one way and 45. So uh, I I think uh, it was needed in our community, and we're excited about it.
1: Is there some sort of vision in the year or so ahead to expand it to a place like you're talking about a market where you could have booths and?
5: Yeah, I mean, again, this is just Terrence talking as mayor not okay. my council, but you know, I, I think um, I've seen there's one in Charlotte, for example, where there's just um, a place for vendors, and um, they they have these they, they have a business where they're selling whether they're selling seafood or pasta or cookies or ice cream to be able to go in a, I would say a warehouse type facility where you have 15, 20 people that, and you have tables where you can eat. I mean, that model is being uh, replicated all over the country. And And I think hopefully that will happen here.
1: That would be exciting for the city of Anderson yep. to see that.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, what other economic development stuff for downtowns going on? Anything in the works or in long term works? Or?
5: You know, we, we are still, um, uh, I guess as we speak, you know, I mean you look at the economy and and how that's affecting um, everyone from businesses to individuals. And so I think we're in a good spot. obviously with inflation where it is right now, um, we have a lot of, uh, we have several um, projects in the pipeline that I think are um, far enough in the pipeline to keep sustaining us um, before. Uh, Very excited about, the rooftop bar um, which we hope to um, that deal is done and we're very excited to have up on the roof as a tenant on that uh, they will uh, they've ordered their equipment and um, just like everybody they're waiting on equipment but you know hopefully they can be ready maybe the first quarter of 2023 but i think we uh, our citizens will enjoy that uh, it's a beautiful view and and i think that's what was needed uh, very excited about the um Metal loss um for for people who um, grew up here that's the old sullivan hardware uh, part of the old sullivan hardware it's been a couple of things um, since then it's been office space but that facility um, opened with 30 plus units i think 31 32 units um, probably about a month ago and it's, it's really gorgeous. I mean they kept the integrity of the building and um, it's pretty cool to have um, 31 um, units downtown that are open. It helps our small businesses kind of survive. Um, Monday through Thursday to get to the weekend because those people, I, um, I see them walking their dogs and so forth, and they're young. I mean, they're, they're young folks. Um, it is um, a um, market rate rents. And, um, and what's interesting is some of these folks who are living in those apartments, when I talk to them, um, I ask them what they do for a living. And they said, well, I'm doing such and such and I work in Greenville, but you live in Anderson. And so you're getting, you know, so for some, some people who are the creative types in those jobs or whether you're in some type of architectural design or something, but it's interesting that they're working in Greenville driving to Greenville and and living in downtown Anderson,
1: From the hotel to the uh, restaurant on top of the garage to the new 31 things, those are sort of the kind of upgrades that start bringing the visibility of Anderson up a lot, too, when they start seeing those kind of things. It is.
5: It is. I was talking to someone earlier this morning that said that um, they uh, had a date night with their wife and uh, went to Sullivan's and lifelong resident in Sullivan's and said it was packed. And he said he knew one person in the restaurant. You know, so we, we have a lot of new people who are moving to Anderson um, because it's, um, we check off a lot of boxes, and low cost of living, plenty of work opportunities, quality of life, cultural events, um, just a vibrant community a vibrant downtown and so there, there are a lot of people who are uh, moving here to uh, retire or grow a, 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 a raise a growing family
1: I'm jumping into the rumor water here so if you don't feel comfortable but I understand there's a, a green grocer looking at a spot downtown
5: a lot of times you know before I do okay you know I mean it it doesn't surprise me it's a need though certainly. It, it, you know when you start you know um looking at um the palmetto Lofts, the the Shikola, the calhoun the the other spaces that are storefronts or where people are living on top of the the retail or storefronts um, when you start looking at that number of people downtown, it makes sense that if 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 i had if I was a grocer i I would be looking at this market
1: and I guess the, the it's 100% full, and once Palmetto—it sounds like Palmetto is going to fill up pretty quickly. It, it looks like it. Fill yeah, fill up pretty quick. So as you move out from town, I guess there's still a challenge to have enough housing for everybody, too. Oh yeah,
5: yeah. You affordable know, housing, especially affordable housing. I mean, we—and you know—I I get to a friend of mine um, who's in affordable housing, um, um, Don Oglesby at um, Homes of Hope. He—he's—he's he, he's trying to get everybody to re- rethink. affordable housing is and affordable housing is is pretty much what you can afford you know and it's not necessarily um, the $100,000 house with a median income under 50 it is people who move here from uh, to work at author X that might have a median household income over 150,000 and so for them affordable housing it's going to be a little bit bigger. It's what they can afford, and so we we um, we all have a challenge to make sure that we manage that growth right. And and that's a, it's a big challenge, you know. When you start um, looking at your housing stock, and you start looking at um, where people live, and how that changes. And so um, um, we both, the the city and the county, we we do. A, I think we have the professionals at the city and the county to to handle that growth, and, and probably part of our job is to work with developers to make sure that we get a product that um, that that's the best product for our community.
1: And the Chemtrec. Development will take care of some of that right? Where, what's the latest on that?
5: You know uh, my understanding is is that you know They obviously have um, bought the property. That's the property that um, for people Chemtech's um, City feed property right there at Murray Street and Greenville Street um, If I'm not mistaken, I could be off on the numbers, but um, it's, it's well over a hundred new units um, they'll use some of the existing warehouse buildings that they had and also build some new apartments. But but again, it, um, it kind of, in my mind, expands us um, um, to the western port of the city um, and where our council is intent on um, not necessarily, people think of downtown as uh, north and south you know, and we want to continue to try to help people push it east and west. Um, I tell people this all the time. I said, we have a downtown hospital. You know, we have a downtown university. But to my, in my mind, that's this, I mean, that's downtown. You know, and so we've got to do a good job of doing that. And, you know, I think probably, we've talked about this before, Um, We are um, very close for the contractors to turn over the um, Anderson uh, Recreation Center phase site there with our our new ball fields and we had a public meeting Monday for um, people to come out and weigh in on the Lindley Park extension. Um, I noticed um, this weekend where they're already laying the the pathway behind the ball fields and so that's a big deal there to take Lindley Park from I've kind of dubbed it Upper Lindley and Lower Lindley um, but we're, we're starting to work getting ready to work on Lower Lindley to take that 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 bike path through um, along Whitna Creek so uh, that's very exciting and you know I think all of that lends itself to the the, the West part of our city.
1: Yeah. I wanna circle back around to, to the recreation in a minute, but you mentioned West. I think you're right. It seems like from a, a topography and I'm not a person who is an expert in this at any means but it's ne- the, that the property that's available is naturally to move west to expand downtown west yeah you have some challenges with the hills and the railroads and everything if you try to go too far east yeah but going west with, with the county's uh, mill property over there they're trying to get developed near kentex yeah. and that's a that's a huge section and you talk about downtown i mean that's a block from the square so downtown, yeah. it's downtown yeah. downtown already it's know?
5: already downtown and um you know that site um no equinox mill site um, right off of Blackley, and to me it helps the um, uh, ABC streets. I mean, the people who grew up here, the textile community, and um, it helps um, a section of town that that needs to be helped. So I'm I'm very excited about the west part of, of Anderson.
1: And I don't I don't like the comparisons generally, but it's very much like West End agreement was I, before, I before I they developed it. It's it is,
5: but it's just to your point, um, it just makes sense to go west. You know, I mean, northwest, uh, the cities grow that way for whatever reason. Cities tend to grow toward interstates, and, 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 but our commu- all our community is growing. Right. But from a, a, a downtown-centric point of view, that area makes sense. Forests. there's some vacant land there and we can grow that way and it's very close to downtown
1: yeah historically we followed the roads everything was going south when 29 was the main road yeah and they built 85 and everything went the other way back to, to the recreation center I know y'all got some long-term plans for expansion there how important is recreation when you're talking about those quality of life issues and people moving here and locating here
5: yeah I mean it's the health of the community if you can't keep your community healthy um, that that that's key. So, as you know, I mean, cities in this county, we, we pretty much program recreation. Um, the cities of, of Anderson and Pendleton and Belt and Honey Path, Star, Iva, um, um, youth sports. We program youth sports, so that's very important. So we've got to have fields uh, for them, um, and we. And it's almost like, you know, our partnership that we have with the county. I mean, we can't get, in my opinion, we need to build more fields. You know, when I I hear um, a soccer parent saying they had uh, a second grader with an 8 o'clock soccer game, that's too late. But we only have so many fields. So, you know, we've got to program that part of it. Um, the other part of it that we are programming is um, our, uh, our senior community. And as it turns out, it looks like our facility um, is very attractive to seniors. Um, we have a great YMCA. We have other programs here that people are programming for um, young adults and, 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 and people who want to do uh, middle aged kids. Um, but, you know, it seems like we found a niche with our senior community and, um, and it's important. Our spaces are full. I just talked to my mother-in-law. Her class is packed. Um, we are, we've taken over one part of the gym. Uh, our vision is to build an extension of that um, at some point in time very soon to start that and, and have more space for people, more exercise space. People are living longer, and they want to stay active, and um, it appears that you know, that senior niche is our niche.
1: And I was going to ask. I'm glad you told me about the expansion. And I, I think the other um, factor in that that a lot of people really, and it's a, a perk for living in the city is it's very affordable compared to a lot of other places oh, yeah. where you can try to keep in shape. You know.
5: Yeah. I mean, you can pay hundred dollars. That's that's your membership. You know, a hundred dollars. You know, family memberships are very. Uh, inexpensive too. So, I mean, it, it fits that price range. There are a lot of our seniors that are on fixed incomes, and, and to be able to have uh, a price that they can afford um, and to have a facility where they can go work out and stay active is important. Uh,
1: the city partnered with the county since the last time we met, and we finally got Kid Venture 2 open. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a big deal for this community to have a, a park like that.
5: It is, I think. Um, the the whole idea of, of, of having that park and doing it point two. You know, and, and I got a lot of um, pushback from uh, my kids and their uh, friends who grew up with the original one and they just were heartbroken that it was, you know, but sometimes you just cannot just um, keep repairing things. And so I, I think probably the the whole idea of getting it where it was, it would serve generations, another generation of kids, um, and building onto that, we'll be able to build onto that. You know, I, I publicly think the people who have been involved in that, um, Julia Woodson has been very involved in that and and all the people who have helped her keep that in front of us Um, And you know the city and the county have a partnership um, in that space and and that's where uh,
1: government works best sometimes is those partnerships that affect the quality of life and it might be one of the places where you see the best cross section of Anderson, those kids and their parents. You see everybody out there.
5: It is. I mean, it, uh, I'm tickled um, at that park. Um, I, I'm very tickled with um, B. Thompson Park, you know, where that's a go to park, where, you know, not, not only for people who live in the area, but people all over the community go to that park. And I think you'll see that again with um, D.B. Walker Park. We're getting ready to reprogram it and theme it too. And so that's another part of, of Anderson that um, sometimes people don't go to things unless they have a reason to go to it. And I think that, that happened with B. Thompson. And, um, and people from all walks of life, you go down there. Uh, I take my, you know, when, when my kid takes his, uh, his two-year-old, you know, there are kids from all over the county at that spot.
1: And trail systems connect a lot of this, and it seems like everyone wants to talk about a trail now.
5: It is, you know, it's amazing. You know, some of my takeaways from conversation with, to people about what they want. They want that connectivity. They, they want, if you live in a subdivision and um, you're trying to um, get to the east-west parkway. Um, People would love to just be able to walk or bike or run to the parkway as opposed to getting in a car and driving. And so that connectivity is important. I think the, we talked earlier about Lindley Park and that will end up being, um, you know, I'm guesstimating here, but you know, probably um, from the upper part of Lindley through B Thompson Park, that that probably gets us probably a mile and a half, maybe two miles, you know. And believe it or not, I see it all the time where people will come and park at Lindley Park and walk a third of a mile. You know, they don't even live here in the area, but they come, they park right there, and people want. People want to do that. They want to get out of their neighborhoods. They want to walk. They want a safe place to walk. And I think this will allow them to do it. It's going to be beautiful.
1: I know it's been a year full of events. Uh, I, I know that you had the Taste of Anderson last night. Anything else coming up in the fall? That's, uh...
5: Well, we we also have um, um, the, the, the Taste of Anderson was last night. This Tuesday we have Farm to Table. Yep, yeah, it's um, we'll have it at um at the Church Street Heritage Park and it will be somewhat similar to some of the events. I mean this this has evolved from um the chili cook off to um a couple other things but um but they're very excited to have it at the um, our 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 event planners are working to have a good event this Tuesday uh, I can't think of what that date would be, but I think it's like from six to, to nine, if I'm not mistaken. So um, we have that. Uh, believe it or not, um, you know, uh, somebody just put on my my calendar the Christmas parade and the Christmas tree lighting, and so um, it's less um, so than it's, eight it's, weeks yeah, or something. It's, yes, it's October, and um, and so we'll we'll. Uh, definitely start tipping into some of the fall events that are traditional here.
1: Is the parking garage, are people getting used to using it? Is it starting to see use for, I mean, Oh, for sure.
5: Yeah, I, I think um, my family, they get tired of me. I like going through and seeing the, um, uh Ontario, uh, you know, Texas. You know, you start looking at tags, and there are a lot of um, different tags um, that are in the parking garage and, and um, the Church Street Heritage parking space. And so the hotel itself, I think, is um, doing, from an occupancy point of view, is doing better than the developers thought it would do. They're very surprised at where they are. Um, I'm not. I, I thought that, uh, just like you, if I'm visiting a town and if I had an option of parking my car downtown And leaving it parked I'm I'm taking the option of parking it downtown and being able to eat and shop and so forth and not get back in my car and so I think that's helped and um, um, but it's um, the council's vision of you know again that started hotel we need a parking garage we're taking space out of the Church Street parking garage. So let's replace those spaces. And then we thought, well, we're not even really adding to, so, let's build another story. Eh, let's think 20 years from now, let's build on another story. Well, what about something on the top? And so, I mean, it's 350 or so spaces. And um, I, I think the it was good use of um, public money to do that
1: any update on the buildings like right across from here i know they've been in the uh, works for a while <laughs> i mean on and off with different owners and yeah it is i mean
5: I, I still have um great hopes for that i mean I, I think it is um the old anderson hotel i think it was called and um and 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 hopefully um it's, it's it's something that needs to be renovated. I think the developers are working on it um, as we speak, and so hopefully that one can get going very soon. But I think it's key. I think it's catty corner to the hotel. Um, it's right there. It's, and again, um, somebody asked me the other day, I, I think you know the infrastructure is set up for South Main to continue. And so I think that's a key component with that building that sits directly across from City Hall.
1: And if you've been downtown lately, you've noticed that they've already strung up the lights on the light poles for the holidays. And there's a lot of other stuff going on downtown. Some new businesses coming in, new restaurant downtown. Uh, Lots of stuff is happening. And you will also notice that the Anderson County Christmas tree is under construction. And this year's tree, as Rusty Burns mentioned, will top out close to 48 feet and it will be lighted in just over two weeks for Thanksgiving and then we'll go dark again November 27th in preparation for the official downtown Christmas tree lighting with all the events that go with that on December 2nd so it's going to be another great uh, year downtown for Christmas and with Christmas less than two months away there are other events that are also going on the Anderson County's uh, Free Clinic which is again one of the greatest organizations we've got if you've not talked to people about the Free Clinic you've got People taking care of uh, your friends and neighbors and family members who might need a little extra help. And the Anderson uh, County Free Clinic is revived the Festival of Trees. And they will have their big event in a couple of weeks. And we'll talk more about it when it happens. Hope you'll get out and support them this year. It It's a great Christmassy event. And don't forget, this is the time of year, the season that our local charities count on to make their budgets, which in turn allows them to serve our friends and neighbors in the community who need a little help. And one of those organizations that deserves our support is Meals on Wheels of Anderson. They need volunteers, especially during the holiday months, as well as your financial support. And Lori Ashley, who's done a great job leading that organization for almost two decades, hopes that the area will remember it Meals on Wheels of Anderson during the holidays.
6: As we move into the holiday season, I'd like to express the importance of a continuation of service um, and support to Meals on Wheels. We're always in need of volunteers. We're especially in need of volunteers right now to Um, get our all of our routes back to five days a week so if anyone is interested in volunteering we definitely need you for that we also all need the community support for donations we do have fundraisers throughout the year that support the organization but we also have a tremendous support of the community through um, private donations through churches sunday school classes businesses so if someone is interested in a year-end gift or Um, a continuation gift to Meals on Wheels, then you can reach out to us at Meals on Wheels by calling 225-6800 or you can go to our website. We have a direct donate button line there that is um, acmow.org or you can always go to our social media and we have platforms there that you can click on to donate to Meals on Wheels and support the seniors in our Anderson County. Each weekday we serve approximately 650 people that are homebound, elderly, or disabled in Anderson County. And we do that through the community donations that we have that come into Meals on Wheels. From all of us at Meals on Wheels, our staff, our volunteers, and our board of directors, we wish you a very happy holidays. And
1: amidst the holidays, our theaters have been, uh, local theaters have been really busy with local productions. Electric City Playhouse just finished one, so did uh, Milltown Players. And right now, Market Theater's Rent, their production of Rent, is very busy. sold out opening night, and it's been a big seller. That play was a game changer when it, it debuted in Broadway in New York back in 1994. And Christopher Rose, who is directing the show at the Market Theater, had this to say about Rent.
7: Well, number one, it's a perfect show for their environment within their theater. It uh, looks like the space that the show would actually take place in, uh, the things that happen in the show, uh, but also I think it's right in touch with their mission um, and what they want to do in the community, and it's uh, pushing boundaries and asking people to love one another, be accepting of one another, and to show one another grace. Yeah,
1: and let's, let's expound a little bit. Tell me a little bit about what this, this, this show is about. I mean, it was a huge hit. And- It's been a movie and everything. Just tell people what it's about. Sure,
7: sure. Uh, Jonathan Lawson wrote this show uh, back in the mid-90s. It uh, first appeared on Broadway in 1996, and um, he wrote it about the first years of the last decade of the second millennium of the Common Era, so the early 1990s in Alphabet City in New York um, during the rise of the AIDS epidemic among artists and musicians. And um, it basically was a modern retelling of his generation uh, using the outline and story of Puccini's La Boheme. It's one of those productions that's a little bit of a risk uh, to take to produce it. Uh, I think it's a risk that will pay off hugely. Um, But it's also a show that really defined musical theater for a generation. Uh, For people who were young adults and and their teens in the late 90s when this really hit New York, there there were a lot of theater fans out there that became what was called rent heads. And uh, it it really changed the way that a lot of performers uh, in the musical theater community looked at what musical theater is and the way that it could tell stories. We have three weekends of performances, Thursdays through Saturdays, so you can check our website for the time. Some shows have been added. Uh, we have matinees and we have um, evening performances, so check that out um, at the Market Theaters website. This, I would say probably 18 and up. It is definitely a rated R show. Um, there are a lot of uh, uh, references to um, uh, drug use, uh, the AIDS epidemic, as well as sexuality uh, in the show, and so yeah, it is a more mature audience. Uh, for more information about our production of Rent, go to our website at www.markettheater.org. That's where you can get your tickets, check out Showtimes, and come be a part of an immersive, wonderful telling of this uh, piece of musical theater that changed the genre.
1: And meanwhile, ghost, Tales of Ghost Island continues this week at Green Pond Landings Outdoor Amphitheater with a few more spooky shows. Uh Going to be continuing to grow out there. They hope to have more plays, more productions, more even concerts out at the amphitheater. It's a great spot. It's a beautiful place. So you might want to check that out. You can find that more on their Facebook site. And Milltown is gearing up for their annual holiday, Jingle Bell Rock. That kicks off December 2nd, and that is just about a month away. Also, let's not get lost in the holidays and forget that Veterans Day is on the way. And let's be sure to thank those who have served our country, especially those who have fought on battlefields far from home. A number of events are set to honor veterans locally, including Thank a Veteran Saturday from 10 to 2 at the Civic Center and the big You Are Not Forgotten event at Richard Campbell Nursing Home on Sunday, which Kit Anderson has worked so hard on for so many years. Thanks go out to him for his tireless efforts. Uh, Williamson is also having um, some Veterans Day uh, celebration events. And at the Anderson County Museum, they're planning to launch their long-awaited military exhibit on Veterans Day, which will be a great addition to an already great museum. Next Tuesday is also a really critical day for our country, state, and county. Don't forget to vote. To see a sample ballot, again, visit SouthCarolinaVotes.gov, and you can prepare your own research on who you think should lead our county, schools, state, and nation. And finally, I want to give a shout-out to Paul Brown, a man who has been covering the area as a photojournalist for more than 50 years. Paul is notoriously elusive concerning interviews about himself. Although you can find one that he did with this podcast way back on October 29, 2015, if you want to hear the story of a great life. But recently he was honored by the South Carolina Firefighters Association for his lifetime of work, and he was typically humble in his response to the award and his his contributions to this community.
8: I just want to, the relationships that you build when you decide that you're going to stay put and cover your people doing what they do, has its benefits, and one is that you begin to know. Like uh, Billy said, I knew exactly. I covered his dad when he was at, at Easley, and, I, and Charlie, I covered his parents, for, and, and I remember when he was born. <laughs> and so you build those kinds of relationships, and you can't get that when you're in a place and you leave after two or three years and me and my family and I want to thank all of them for showing up tonight. We've been part of the Anderson County community since the mid-70s and my kids all went to school here. My grandkids were born here. My great grandkids were born here. And uh, this is home and this means an awful lot to me and I appreciate it very much. And of course it goes without saying the firemen and the first responders have a special place in my heart because I see firsthand what they do day in and day out, how they put their lives on the line to help the rest of us. And um, I've got two people that are involved in that, Sean and Lisa have been EMS and paramedics for decades. and So it's a family situation for me. But it's also a community pride thing that the people that we have in Anderson County working to keep the rest of us safe and get us out of trouble when we get into trouble is phenomenal thank you very much for this i
1: appreciate it i'm glad paul is still out there covering our community and we are all better because of his work again please don't forget to get out and vote next week or you can vote early now and you can see that sample ballot scvotes.gov to prepare your own research on who you think should lead this country and who should lead our schools our state and our county our nation well that's it for this edition of the anderson observer podcast news from people you trust join me next time for updates news and more But until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place.
8: I'm doing my
5: Christmas dreaming
0: a little early this year.
1: No sign of snow around,
5: and yet I go around,
2: hearing jingle bells ringing in my...